Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Well, it is cold outside. It certainly is, and you were in the nice warm weather last, last week, well, right? Well, it was. I was in California last week. I was in Los Angeles, and I mean... Warm is, I guess, um, it's a relative, it's a relative term, term yeah, because it? <laughs> it was 50s and 60s in Los Angeles, and to me it was chillier than I was imagining, but at least it wasn't Kansas City. I know, the frigid temperatures. I mean, could you Crazy. imagine what I saw during that football game in Kansas City, man, how people would go out there and just watch that game, I, I don't get it. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm not a huge football fan, so it wouldn't. You could never entice me to go out there in that weather. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I was happy watching uh, watching the game from home. I was gonna say you know, yeah. with my fireplace on and exactly. pausing it when I needed to and getting my snacks and everything and and not to mention the Celtics were playing the same time the Kansas City Chiefs were playing. So oh, so you could go back. I could and go forth. back and forth. Yeah, Good for you. So that's been fun. And the Celtics have certainly been a fun team to watch this year. They're in first place and playing. Very well. Unlike the Patriots. Un- unlike the Patriots, yeah, which <laughs> you're going through some changes. It's funny, It's uh, when we were out in California, people are asking me, so how about your Patriots? How about your Patriots? And it's like, you know what? I, I don't know what they're getting me upset, you know, throwing this these jabs at me. I mean, the Patriots had a wonderful run. They really did. They, they are a, uh, you know, a dynasty team for a long time. People go through hills and valleys. But you know what? The great thing about being in Boston, there's always a team that's a champion somewhere along the way. Aren't we fortunate, <laughs> we, huh? We sure are. Because the Red Sox are nothing to cheer about right now <laughs> I either. know, that's for sure. But, you know, oh, well. it, it is it is wintertime. It's the start of 2024. Um, we're in the... You know, beginnings of the political primaries. Uh, we just finished the Crazy. Iowa caucuses, the um, New Hampshire primaries up here in Massachusetts. They start on on Monday. Yeah, um, coming up quickly. You know, I was talking to a client uh, just yesterday, asking her how many people have come knocking on her door, have been sending phone messages or whatever, and they said it's insane yes. what happens in New Hampshire because yeah. here in Massachusetts. You know, yes, we will have a primary, but at the end of the day, it's a pretty much a fait accompli what the outcome is going to be in Massachusetts, similar to what it, it is. It has in, been for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, similar to California, New York, places like that. We are yeah. not a swing state by all means. Not at all. And there's a lot of focus on New Hampshire. There, there sure is. And and so it's it's interesting. But I know, actually saw people waiting in line to get in a Trump rally yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, that's right, at the Atkinson Country Club, sitting out in the snow lined up. Unbelievable, yeah. They showed pictures of this, and they, oh, what a, <laughs> wouldn't have been my idea of a good time again, but who knows, but whatever. People will line up you to see people. you got to do your civic duty, right? I, I guess, and everyone has a right to vote, and regardless of how, whatever political side you're on, you have an obligation to vote, because if you don't vote, your say, um, what, however, whatever you feel about the current state of America, um, it means nothing if you're not at least willing to go, walk into a voting booth and vote. Right, exactly. Uh, well, no, I always vote. How about you? I, I'll always vote. I always vote. I'm trying to get my encourage my kids to vote. And really, that's kind of an interesting thing is getting your kids to vote. 
Really? Yeah. So my son has always had an interest in voting, so I didn't face that challenge. But, you know, you have a, a more diverse population there. I have one, you've got five. Right, but you so. actually have a son in his 30s. Yes, exactly. See, so I have, yeah. I have kids that are now in their late teens and 20s, and they're... Design, they're involved in their life. They, they really are. And, I mean, if you could give them an app and let them vote on their phone, they'd probably do it in a second because they have no problem scrolling through TikTok and Instagram or all those other things. But if it means actually going somewhere, getting out of their car. Right. Um, but, you know, now Massachusetts makes this um, voting by mail possibility. And, in fact, I was just looking at my informed delivery that I get from the United States Postal Service. I don't know if you've ever signed up for that. I have, yes. And yeah. um, apparently the sign-up for mail-at-ballot postcards is arriving in my mailbox today. Oh, awesome. I saw them lined up. Although, well, I don't know. I haven't gotten mail for several days now. I don't know what, where my postal guy is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I am not a fan of the mail-in ballot. I've made that very clear. I think there's a lot of people who are not. Um, I think, you know, you want to submit an absentee ballot, that's one thing, or show up at the polls. Uh, yeah. It's, I, mean, it's, it's I easy usually enough. show up at the polls. I do, too. It's a, unless, I'm, unless I'm not going to be in the area. But you know, what, you know what's kind of interesting, Marion, is, is like I said, you know, the kids don't want to go in and face face-to-face -face with anybody. Have you noticed lately that you walk into a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, and sometimes you actually show up there and the door's locked? And... It, you can only use the drive-thru? Oh, yes. Well, I have done, yes, absolutely. Several times. That one in Middleton in particular yeah. on 114. Uh, and I, I think it's because they're short-staffed. But you know what? I just don't think people want to go in. Most people want to yeah. order online. They want to do drive-thru. I mean, yeah. I don't mind getting out of my car and going inside and ordering. I, I feel like I have a much better chance of getting what I want. Yes. When I visit someone face to face rather than being handed the bag out through the window. Most definitely. And honestly, those drive through lines are huge sometimes because and you get one person who's ordering 10 drinks. You know, I, I order a coffee. Right. So I'm happy to stop. I, I might order online, but go in and pick up. Absolutely. Is, is, no, it's well, the, the world is changing, Marion. Most definitely. It, who who would have thought? You know, honestly, when I was a kid, a teenager in my 20s. We had no ordering online. No, was, we didn't. There was no online. But you know, also, Marion, you know, when we were younger, we carried a lot more cash on us than we do today, right? I don't even, you know, I'm embarrassed sometimes because I realize I have no cash in my purse. Right, and most kids have no cash because they're yeah. using their debit card or their Apple Pay oh, or whatever. Yeah. But you know what happens when that, when that, when you get into that situation, the element of financial literacy seems to diminish and the um the ability for kids to understand financial literacy i think has really shrunk in america oh absolutely and you're right because they don't have that physical connection that you have to cash i mean i know for me you know if i had a hundred dollars from my paycheck this week and i had it in my pocketbook that was what i had to spend for the week Mm -hmm. I couldn't go over that if you, I had no money anymore. Right. So now I have plenty of credit cards. I, I, there's no relationship between what you earn or what you have and how you spend it. Yeah, it's, um, financial literacy has been kind of one of those things that has always been an issue. Frankly, I, I believe it should be a mandated course to take here in Massachusetts, but for 30 years, they've tried to bring it to our, you know, our, our governmental leaders to implore that financial literacy become part of the curriculum, and it simply doesn't get there. 
and it, which is very sad because for many, well, for every student, they should understand the basics of running their their life with running their money, using their money for the correct purposes during their life, and and to un, just understand what taking out a loan means, what you know, what spending money means, how you can't spend over what you make. They don't have that relationship anymore. They don't, and you know. I'm sure set, it's partially parents' fault. It, it, it is part of and our I'm, fault. I'm part of I, that, I'm I, sure. Yeah, me too. But you know, what's, what's really interesting is, I, I think when we were younger, we were held more accountable for the way we used whatever small amount of money we might have had in our pockets. You know, our parents held us more accountable for it. And today, um, even kids in their late 20s are still so dependent upon mom and dad footing the bill, digging people out of a financial hole, helping with costs, providing shelter, uh, you know, all of those things. The world is a little bit different, and I'm not so sure that the younger generation is better for it. I, I would think not, and you know, that's my own opinion. I do think that a certain degree of financial literacy is necessary. And you know, we can look to the student loan problem right now you know people have taken a lot of kids have taken on more debt than they really understood when they took it on and and my opinion has always been that what does a high school graduate understand about having a fair amount of debt probably not a lot at that point in their life well it's interesting you say that because I think many students that take on debt for college they're not the one they don't understand the debt because it's the parents that told them that they had to take it on and the parents are the ones that filled out the paperwork and the parents that got the debt because the parents couldn't help to pay for the kids education costs and and that could be but for whatever reason the student again an 18 year old person i don't think i understood what debt meant at 18 years old getting a, a big loan and graduating college and having to pay that back, how does that work? Do you even understand how that works? Well, you know, I've tried to go into the high school. Um, I actually haven't been in there a couple years now because my kids are out of the high school. But I used to go in and, and teach a course. Just one day I would go in and do basic financial literacy skills. And what did you find was the most necessary in those classrooms? Well, Mark? what's interesting is is how little kids knew, first of all, about money, about life skills, about anything. First of all, they had no idea how much the average person even makes. Really? They have, they have no idea. I would ask them, I said, so when you graduate college, how, what, what would you hope your salary might be? Or what do you think, what, even if you don't go to college, what is a reasonable salary to be making so that you can afford to move out of your home? And the whole idea of moving out of the home was foreign to them. They even thought, when I graduate college, I'm going to work, but I'm going to live at home. Ah. Remember, when you and I were 18, when we were in our juniors <laughs> or seniors in high school, and a teacher asked, how many people plan to move out the minute... You know, you're you done can. with, you can, and every hand in the room would go up. Of course. Of and course. you would say, I don't care if I have to live on a cardboard box under a bridge. <laughs> I am moving out. I'm going to do my own thing. No. Life was different. Life was for sure different. Our parents didn't make it quite as comfortable as we've probably made it for our kids. Well, you know, the thing is, is the luxuries that this generation has of basically technology. Think about what a phone can do today. Sure. We didn't even have that, but 
you know, the fancy sneakers, the fancy jeans, the fancy coats, everything has to have a name to it now, right? We basically went to school when we were kids and you got jeans, you got a shirt, yeah. you got <laughs> shoes, you didn't get Jordans or, you know, Kylie Jenner, whatever stuff, whatever it's called. It Because we didn't have TikTok. We, exactly. Or Instagram. But... The, the whole concept of financial literacy is basically understanding that you should be able to live within your means. And if you're not bringing in enough money to cover your expenses, what is the implication for spending more than what comes in? Yes. And, and that's just not taught. Right. In fact, in many places, in fact, if you look at our own government, our government says, eh, spend whatever the hell you want. Who carries how much debt we carry? But they can print money. That, exactly. And we can't. We can't. <laughs> but, but if you're using these larger influencers, and government is an influencer, whether you sure. want to believe it or not, or and, and others, you get a totally distorted view of what it means for you personally. In fact, I see that there are many institutions that are out there that look at teaching kids about financial literacy means teaching them about stocks and bonds and investing. And to me, that's not financial literacy. That's teaching about investing. Right. And also, that's what got a lot of people in trouble with those Robinhood accounts. Right. Or, you know, some type of an account where you can trade quickly and you have these meme stocks and all these influences out there, again, promoting some stock. And and that's a lot of people got into trouble with that so and lost you, a lot of money. So if you had a white piece of paper or a blank canvas... And you said, I want to try to build a curriculum around financial literacy. Where's the first thing? What's the first couple things you'd want to teach kids? Well, I think one of the first things you want to teach them is what's the difference between what you need and what you want? I mean, that is a key differential there in getting your mindset around money. You have a fixed amount of money. You got to cover some needs and then you go to the wants, but they don't know that. So it's interesting that you say that. I did not know what you were gonna say there, and I didn't know the direction <laughs> that you were gonna go in. But as you all know, there's a program that's called Junior Achievement. Yes. And for years, I taught Junior Achievement at Sergeant School in North Andover. Um, from first grade to sixth grade, there's a different curriculum for every grade, first to sixth grade. And to me, I think Junior Achievement is one of the best places to go to get financial literacy education. And did you know that the first grade program the entire curriculum is exclusively based on the difference between a want and a need. That really? is that is the curriculum. You know, and I've never taught junior achievement. I, we actually, though, did a program. Um, do you recall uh, several times in high school for the seniors in high school, mm -hmm. where they had a cert? They each um, they they it was a, a full day of them where they had a job that they got and they were going to get a certain salary from that job and then they had to make sure that they could cover their rent and their um, other needs like their food mm -hmm. their car their transportation and that so it taught very clearly this is what you need and this is what you might want now to get a luxury apartment was more expensive it was really a fascinating almost game for the kids right but I think it taught them a lot. Yeah, I remember participating in something like that. Yeah. Actually, at we the high school level, we did yes. something. We did um, it in the end of a high school. Yeah, um, yeah. Where, we, times, where the kids were each assigned, randomly yes. drew out of a hat. Here's the job that's been assigned to you. Here's right. what you're going to make. Right. What are you going to do to to fulfill your How life? Are you and and do it was it? it was very very well done. Yes. And and but, I can't remember who sponsored that program and who developed that curriculum. I, I don't remember because we haven't done it for a few years. But it was a great yeah. curriculum. And, 
we need to insist on getting, frankly, I don't think it's the kids anymore. I think it's the adults too, that need some basic financial literacy education that's out there. I, I don't even know what month is called financial literacy month. That's but right. There is one. There, there is one, but you know, clearly it's not been that, I mean, you know that January, I mean, February is Black History Month. Yeah. It, it, you know, there's, there's certain months that are designated for certain cultures or whatever it is, but there is a financial literacy month and I think we need to do a better job figuring out how we can participate in that. There's, there's, there's a huge need for it. And it's not about, oh, how do I invest my 401k or what is a stock or what is a mutual fund? It's basic stuff, wants versus needs. The fact that when you get a paycheck, why is it that they take taxes? Who's this FICA guy? That's right. How would you know that? Right. right? Who, who, As a kid. Right. Who's the FICA guy? I, I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't sign up to give money to FICA. Um, and how are, how are taxes coming up? I remember in the in third grade at the Sergeant School when I did Junior Achievement, we had this class about taxes. Now, taxes, it was not about income taxes so much. It was about taxes that you pay in your town. When you own a house, right? you pay property taxes for living in the town. So that's, your parents have to pay that. Because we asked the question, how do you think your teacher gets paid? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Okay. Very pertinent to them. Right. You know? How does your teacher get paid? Because when you go to Dunkin' Donuts and you buy a bagel or a coffee or whatever else is there, how do you think the person working the counter gets paid? Well, you see an exchange of money and we can talk through how that transaction happens and how part of that goes to that employee. But how does your teacher get paid? How does the principal get paid? You don't how does, pay to go to school, How does the do police you? officer get paid? Right. And the fire right. firemen get paid? And we had that conversation about, well, you have to, here's your paycheck. Now you have to give some of your money to taxes. And then somebody is the, you know, the person that w w handles the taxes in town that ends up paying the people in town. And those are the things that educate the kids. Right. Not why is Bitcoin or why is Tesla a great investment today? Right. Most definitely. And they need to start at the beginning and they need to have an understanding of this. And kids are, you know, they can absorb a lot, even as young, as very young children, you know, five, six, seven years old. And you know what, if the parents or the teachers or the school gets involved in that from a very early age and they start to distinguish some of this and bring it to the children's level. I mean, even lunch, buying lunch at school versus bringing your own lunch. Well, lunch is free now at school, Mary. Oh. Did you know you that? Know what? I, I did not. Yeah. At every school? Yeah, now everybody? public school, lunch is free. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it, well, things see, have, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, time right? But, <laughs> it, but kids still... Um, you know, people buy lunch, people bring lunch, yeah. et cetera. But, you know, well, I actually, you know something, Mark, I remember you used a great example with the water bottles, oh. the bottles of water. That was a fantastic education for the kids. So, I think. so yeah. So what happens with that water bottle discussion? And, and as you're listening to this podcast, one of the things that I used to love, I, and I'm sure you'd be happy to do this too, is, um, we go into classrooms, happy to go into a high school level classroom, elementary classroom. I don't care for an hour and we will give kids life lessons that they will be talking about for years and years and years. And they'll say, this was one of the best classes I ever took. So here's the example. it opens their eyes to something right. they never thought about. Right, so I remember going into my son Noah's fifth grade class in junior achievement. And I used to take the junior achievement curriculum and use some of it, but create my own stuff. I would come in and I brought in three bottles of water. 
And I brought in the one bottle was um, Dasani water. Yeah. No, actually, I used two different examples. I'll use this one example. I brought in three bottles of um, Poland Springs water. Three bottles of Poland Springs water. And I said, this first bottle costs 13 cents. This next bottle costs $1.99. And this last bottle costs $5. They are the exact same three bottles. Which is fascinating, isn't and it? I said, how could that possibly be? How could they be? possibly be? And that's a huge range of price. Right. And so I would ask the kids, how are they all, why are they all different? And you would get all sorts of crazy answers from the kids. Why is this one 13 cents? Why is this one $1.99? Why is this one $5? They all taste the same. They all look the same. They are the exact same bottle, the exact same substance inside. Same size, everything. Every, everything about it. Yep. And so I explained to the kids, the first bottle is one bottle in a package of 24 that you pick up at Market Basket or Stop and Shop. Yep. Bottle number two is... Mom, can you stop and get a water at the convenience store? I'm thirsty. And you got to run into a um, a little a little peach. Are there even little peaches anymore? I don't think a, so. Maybe they, you know, a Cumberland Farms or a Walgreens, CBS, whatever. You run in dollar yeah. ninety nine. Yeah. Third one, five dollars. Oh, I need a water at the Boston Garden or at Fenway Park. The same waters. So I ask the kids now, why are there three different prices? Why can you get away with it? And, and what's the reason, Mary? Well, you know, it, it depends where you buy it, right? It's, it's, you, you're, you're paying for location. And convenience. And convenience. Right. You're, you're trapped at Fenway Park if you're thirsty. And you can't bring in any water, Right, you can't you? bring it in, no. Right. And in fact, you now at Fenway it. Park or at the Boston Garden, you buy a bottled water, $5, they take the cap from you. Yes. They, they won't even let sure. you keep the cap. I know. Because they don't want you to buy the water, water as, believe it or not, a weapon. That, that seriously, um, they they don't want you to use sure. that water bottle with a cap on it because if you took that and threw it at somebody with a cap on, couldn't really it's hurt a weapon. someone. Sure, but if there's no cap on it, you have no control over where the water goes. Is right. that insane? Insane. That's that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So those are those are financial literacy issues that really help to give perspective of when you say to your when you when you think to yourself as a child, you know how much money is mom spending on you? Right. And, you know, mom talks about, mom or dad talk about, you know, times are tough or we're trying to manage our expenses or we're not trying to spend as much. If you're asking them to buy you a water at, you know, Cumberland Farms or at Fenway Park, when in fact you could be bringing your own water to certain places or packing your own lunch or doing things a little bit differently. Sure. I remember asking kids, does it make, is it cheaper to buy an apple pie at Stop and Shop or make an apple pie. And I will tell you how many kids insisted it is cheaper to buy the apple pie at the store, at the bakery. Really? And Amazing, they just, isn't it? They, yeah. they have no idea. Yeah. You, could buy, you could make 10 apple pies for the price of one apple pie that you will buy at a local bakery. And it probably tastes better. It may or may not, but right. you can still make 10 of them. Of course. You can learn from them. Sure. It's, you know, this is financial literacy. This is what we need to be teaching to our kids. This is what we're committed to doing, helping people out, giving them some financial skills, because that's what they need. That's what they need. And they need that even more so later on in life. And if they don't learn it young, it's much more difficult to change your ways 
or to learn it when you're older. And you're and you know today's kids are going to have to save on their own for retirement. You know they don't have pensions anymore. So a no, lot but you of know, that unfortunately, you know away. what a lot of them are going to get big inheritances. And that's, Maybe, although the parents seem to be spending a lot of the parents money are, to but, some but, of them. But the inheritances, are, you know, there's a lot of kids that we run Probably into, Marion, that are saying, huh, I'll spend what I need. I don't really care. I'm going to get. I'm going to inherit money. And do we work like that? Well, Never. No, but the problem is, is that we continue to tell our clients, spend your money because they're leaving far too much to the next generation. Right, and they don't. And but, they don't, right. But, but that, aside from that, we always tell people you should never count an inheritance before you receive it. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Well, that's what we call financial advice in a language you can understand. We're really excited about sharing more of this financial literacy guidance, more thoughtful ideas about how you can be smarter with your money, but we also want to help you achieve a successful retirement, be able to live off the money that you've accumulated, use the resources that you have so you can secure that retirement that you want. If now's the and time- And reach your goals. And reach your goals too, right. So if now's the time to get serious about your financial planning and investment management needs, we hope you'll give us a call, 978-531-8108. That's 978-531-8108. Or you can learn about the types of clients that we serve, our fees, our processes, our newsletter, anything you want to know, go to our website, freedmanfinancial.com. That's Friedman. Too easy to D. Financial.com. We will be back with you again next week with more financial advice in a language you can understand. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Freeman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.